But the cargo was seized, putting a sizable dent in Whitey's pocketbook. And it was seized because McIntyre had told federal authorities about the shipment to keep himself out of jail. Believing his informant status still to be safe and secure, McIntyre agreed to go to the party, figuring he'd be able to strengthen his hand with law enforcement even further. Only when he arrived at the house, Bulger stepped out of the shadows and stuck a machine gun in his gut. McIntyre was thirty-two, of average height and weight, and bearded with dark blue eyes that belied the hard-scrabble life of a man who had made his living at sea. He had rough, calloused hands from handling fishing nets with the texture of razor wire. But in addition to fish, McIntyre was also known to carry marijuana bringing most of his supplies into the Boston area by boat. Small time, mostly, and not on anyone's radar, until he caught the attention of the murderous Bulger and his Irish Winter Hill Gang, who were determined to muscle in on Boston's drug trade in the 1980s. Whitey was also involved in smuggling large shipments of weapons to the Irish Republican Army in Northern Ireland for which he commandeered McIntyre as an engineer on a boat called the Valhalla. A military veteran, McIntyre kept his wits about him and didn't view the criminal lifestyle as anything more than a means to supplement his fishing and boat-building jobs. The money was just too easy and plentiful to turn away from, and McIntyre rationalized his actions by the need to support the young family he was struggling to hold together. In September of 1984, the Valhalla set sail into the Atlantic with its holds full of guns and ammunition instead of marijuana, or iced swordfish and halibut. The voyage was smooth and uneventful, ending when McIntyre supervised the transfer of arms at sea onto a trawler called the Marita Anne. A few days later, off the coast of Ireland, British authorities boarded the Marita Anne. The weapons were seized and the crew was arrested. The ramifications of the seizure reverberated all the way back across the Atlantic. Once the Valhalla docked back in Boston, customs officials took McIntyre and another crew member into custody on suspicion of gun-running charges. After routinely questioning McIntyre, they released him. But a few weeks later, the Quincy, Massachusetts police arrested McIntyre on a domestic assault beef. Facing a potential prison stretch, he agreed to become a government informant and cough up the information on the infamous Irish gang leader's criminal activities. The feds assured McIntyre he'd be safe, that his informant status would be revealed only to those officials associated with the case. Now, though, on an autumn night that felt more like winter, John McIntyre found himself staring at the machine-gun barrel propped over his belt. Stephen Flemmie and Kevin Weeks, two more of Whitey Bulger's most trusted lieutenants, grabbed him and threw him on the floor. Then McIntyre watched in horror as Bulger opened his duffel bag of death. He took out a rope, chains, and an assortment of weapons that gleamed slightly beneath the naked light bulbs with strings dangling from their outlets like spaghetti. Flemmie handcuffed McIntyre to a chair and then chained him to it as well, for good measure. "'We're gonna have a talk, you and me,' Whitey told him. "'I think you're a rat. Are you a rat, Johnny?' According to testimony given in court years later by both Nee and Flemmie, 
Bulger proceeded to break McIntyre's fingers one at a time, until he finally confessed to his role as informant. Between shrieks of pain, McIntyre apologized for being weak, claiming he'd panicked, had no choice. Give him another chance and he'd prove himself loyal. He'd tell Customs and the FBI he'd made it all up to keep himself out of jail on that domestic assault charge. But Bulger, having been told otherwise by at least one of those McIntyre thought was protecting him, wasn't buying it. I think you're full of shit, Mac. No, no. I I fucked up, but I'll make things right, I swear. Swear to God? McIntyre just looked at him. Cause God's not here. I'm here. You believe in God, Johnny? McIntyre nodded. You go to church?